At The Core is brought to you by CompuB for all things Apple in Ireland and the United Kingdom. Hi there and welcome back to At The Core, the podcast series on how iOS is changing our lives. And on this episode, we look to the single biggest change in the history of Apple. A decade on, what has the iPhone done for you? And with us to talk about the history of the iPhone and how it has changed pretty much the entire world of communications. We have with us our panel today on At The Core. We have DC Callan, who is the CEO of Republic of Work in Cork, also a dedicated iPhone nut. Uh, we have Jar Manley, who is the head of retail with UK and Ireland with CompuB. And we have the eminent Jessica Kelly, who is the technology correspondent with News Talk 106 to 108. You're all very welcome. Thank you very much. Thanks, John. Um, let's talk about, first of all, the the time when we found out that such a thing as the iPhone existed. Uh, Jess, I'll turn to you first. Yes. Uh, you were what, about three at the time? I, I was actually still a fetus. No, <laughs> I, it was June 2007. So I had just finished my leaving cert and I remember watching uh, the unveiling of the first iPhone and my tiny brain was alone because it was that tease that I haven't seen since of you know Steve Jobs saying he was talking about music he was talking about all the different things that we want in our day-to-day lives and then he said you know uh, like music email uh, you know movability or something and then it's like the iPhone and the crowd went insane mm. and it was just remarkable and I remember looking at that going okay so my goal now is not to do well in college it's to try and get my hands on an iPhone which was a very short term goal it was and I did not <laughs> achieve it I don't mind telling you my first iPhone was an iPhone 4 because I was a student and I could not afford it um, but I remember and there's this image that often crops up on Twitter when you look at all the things that the iPhone replaced so back in 2007 I would have had a grand phone I think the the phone I was using was the Motorola Razor, which was the nice blue one that flipped up, which I dropped at a bus stop and smashed, but we won't dwell on that. No. So I had that. I had a disc man and I had a big coat that was ugly as hell, but I used to wear it all the time because it could carry loads and loads of spare batteries for my walk for my disc man. <laughs> I was that child. And this was in two thousand and seven. Like Forty coats with batteries. Like there was yeah. literally no other career for me other than tech correspondent because <laughs> that's just what I had uh, assigned myself to. So when the iPhone came along, imagining having all the music that you could ever want having to never be bored again you know if you think about that in itself it's just kind of mind-boggling and all the stuff that's come as a result it's incredible the, the, the term innovation is kind of bandied about now you know people think you know m- doing something small like making a phone 0.1 inch thinner is innovation that's not innovation if you want to know what innovation really really means in terms of technology look back to that first unveiling of the very first iPhone and you will see it DC I'm going to go out on a limb here and, and suggest that you most likely were in a queue somewhere to get your hands <laughs> on one of these am you I know right? What? Sorry to say I wasn't I actually survived with one of uh, Jessica's razor phones for a long long time um I was, I was, you know what, I was quite slow coming to the whole smartphone thing, purely because at the time I was in a, I was in a job that basically was so demanding that for once I wasn't a tech nerd. Um, I had my Windows laptop and I had my Razer phone. And I'd say actually probably, yeah, it was probably the iPhone 4 was where, um, where I first saw the light. And genuinely, I suppose it was, the, as Jessica said, it was that whole thing that it wasn't just the phone. It wasn't just, hi, I now have the ability to make phone calls. It was like, 
okay, I can now get my email on the move and I can I can carry files and I can take photographs and, you know, I now can leave my laptop in the office and all this sort of stuff. But did you have phone envy then? Because, I mean, I, it sounds like, until we get to Ger, I was the first one who had the first iPhone uh, and I was as proud as Punch having that because not many people had them at the time. You know, my, my, my obsession has only really kind of, or, or my addiction has probably really come to fore in the last maybe five or six years. Like it... It was really, I went through a whole period where I actually used um, Android phones and Windows laptops. And it was only, I guess, for me, the big change was when I moved to using a MacBook for everything. That was the point where it just, you know, I realized that the Apple ecosystem was the one I wanted to live in. And literally, I think in the space of a weekend, I literally got rid of my Google Nexus tablet, my Android, my Samsung phone and bought an iPad and an, and an iPhone. And I've never looked back. And And since that day... Every time a new iPad comes out and every time a new iPhone comes out, I'm never first, I'm first in a virtual queue, really, but I've always gotten them on the day they've been released. He was an awful show-off. He had the 10 before most people had the 10. He insisted on showing it to everybody. Yeah, I'm a show <laughs> Still I, jealous I, now. I have every model of iPad <laughs> that you can buy. I probably have them all in my bag here in the studio. Well, we can have a look at them in a while. Ger, you presumably weren't working in the Apple space at that time, were you? No, but I've been involved with Apple since I was 18. I used to work uh, in Holly Hill, in, uh, originally in the factory of manufacturing, as it was at the time. It's now the HQ for Europe. So yes, I was I was one of the first people to have a phone in Cork, and have had every phone that's launched since day one. Um, for me, it's not just about the technology and what ha- that has changed. I think what a lot of people listen to this don't realise as well it did for the telcos and for all of us as customers for data, because in Ireland back then data was unheard of. Having a data package would cost you more than nearly having a mortgage, second mortgage. Yeah, yeah, and now everybody has data all the time, everywhere to go. And that is a direct reflection of what Apple did to the market with the iPhone because consumption became such a normal living standard that everybody demanded that you could have data every time, anywhere. The the ridiculous benchmark we always apply uh, to things is Star Trek and science fiction. Mm. And, And in Star Trek, they had the little flip communicators, which we thought was going to be absolutely crazy because that means the people on the planet could talk to the people on the spaceship. And... What happened, yes, was that became commonplace over the course of a decade and now yeah. we can literally take out our phones and have video conferences no matter where we are as long as there's a decent phone signal. And if you don't have if you don't have that type of technology, you're seen to be massively behind the curve. Like that's the big issue here. Like if, if you think back to before the iPhone, everyone was walking around with Blackberry devices and we thought that was the height of productivity. An awful we, lot of buttons on the Blackberry. That's why I didn't like them. Yeah. But yeah. the thing is, people at the time thought if you are a productive person, you own a Blackberry. Anything else was just, you know, taking the odd picture that was too grainy or it wasn't worth sending to anybody but if you look at what we got with the iPhone I mean it did literally kick off every other uh, benchmark that we've seen in the tech space since that time um, we wouldn't have apps you could argue that social media wouldn't have taken off in the same way if it hadn't been for the apps I mean it literally was a key moment in the tech timeline particularly of my my lifetime anyway I can't think of another moment that jumps out as significantly in my brain as that first iPhone launch people when the phone came out they complained that there wasn't any buttons and, yeah it was it was a big kind of change now, for, it, it was a big change for people um, they were used to texting with two thumbs and you know we had a the quirky texting is what I would have called it and then suddenly you had to type individual keys now software uh, moved on from that and now we're just as quick these days but I remember that the backlash initially was that you, you, you had no buttons. It was it was such a big thing at the time. And DC, you, you were telling me that there's somebody brought yeah, something there was, out. There was, a, there was, a, there was a, a multitude of guys then who saw that this was now a big problem in, in smartphone hardware. So they started releasing, um, you know, I, I remember 
was it Nokia brought out a phone that had a whole keyboard built into it almost the same time, and they were kind of saying nobody's going to go down the that this touch no, screen no no touch touch screen route. But there was a bunch of guys I remember in Ireland who launched a product which was an actual like a case that you put your iPhone into that basically made it then look like a Blackberry. <laughs> I which... saw people using them a few weeks ago. When I was in Barcelona, there were people there with their phones and they had the, the keyboard, like the Blackberry-like keyboard, the full QWERTY keyboard over their iPhones. And I was like, why are you doing that? They, they must hate fingerprint stains. That's on easy, their that's yeah. it. You know, it's, it's the OCD. The, it's the smudging. <laughs> and the apps, I suppose, DC, that, that's the big selling point is that People who aren't in Apple can design apps that go on and then make them money. So it, it wasn't just a, that Apple closed the system. It meant that other people could then have a slice of the Apple pie. Do you see what I did there? Oh, yeah, I saw what you did there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know what? What Jessica was saying there about BlackBerry was so true because that was the I, I, the one thing I do remember about the iPhone coming out was the reaction of BlackBerry. And it was very much this kind of cynical, oh, that's nice. And like yeah. consumers will, they'll love that stuff. But like the grown-ups, we'll all still use our yeah. Blackberries and stuff. And then, you know, within two years, there were pink Blackberries. And, you know, because they, they, they realized that, hang on a second, like people are actually using the iPhones for business. And, you know, it's not the closed ecosystem that Blackberry was. And, you know, and then, companies. Yeah. It was a closed ecosystem. Can we talk about this for a minute? Because <laughs> okay, yeah. I, okay, so. Let me just get this out there, right? I wanted the iPhone. I loved the iPhone. When I finally got my first device was an iPod and I was so careful with it and I loved it and I protected it. And then I realized that if I had another device that I wanted to put my music onto, it wasn't going to work because iTunes wasn't going to talk to anything else. And that was a big frustration. Even when I got my iPhone 4 and I loved it more than most of my family members put together, it still frustrated the heck out of me. And I think that's something that we need to acknowledge from Apple in recent times is that they've broken down those walls. But for a long time, it was a lockdown ecosystem. And for you to get the most out of it, you did kind of have to stick to other Apple products and Apple software. And that was the height of it. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd actually, I'd agree with it wholeheartedly. But like, I suppose the, the honest truth is, you know, that was no accident. Like the one thing about Apple is they are the best product designers in the world. And I suppose, you know, as somebody who's worked in marketing for 15 odd years, it's a terrible thing to admit. But, but you know, I am still a big believer in the old Henry Ford thing of if you ask customers what they want, they'd have told them a faster horse. <laughs> like sometimes, I mean, Apple took it to an absolute extreme in terms of, you know, wanting to lock absolutely everything down. But, you know, I suppose what I realized very quickly when I started moving to Apple devices is, you know, you kind of like the way Apple do stuff or you kind of don't and maybe if you don't you prefer other ecosystems like Android and other but, places but the argument that, that some people will put forward is that you, you, yes there's a majority of people who don't use iPhones they don't necessarily have Apple products Jar. but the, the people who love Apple will say that's because they've never actually tried them that you know they are very user friendly and, and once you start using them you realise that it all joins up and yeah it is it is an ecosystem uh, and it's designed to be an ecosystem because what apple are you know as you just said there it's not just about the design what apple really want to control is the whole experience from start to finish and they get a they get a lot of stick for that because by controlling it they seem to be in control but that's not really their approach their underlying approach is you know the safety of the device the usability the performance of the device and so by controlling everything to do with the device they want to deliver the ultimate product for the user 
And that is their approach. But I think, yeah, sometimes the message gets lost, comes across as them locking it down and controlling it. But it's actually really, at the end of the day, it's about delivering the user experience to, the, to what they expect it to be. So are we ever going to have that moment again? Jess, you talked about that ad. That was actually, believe it or not, it aired during the Oscars in 2007. Mm. That's how long ago that was, right? Uh, so are we ever going to have that moment again, do you think, where we're going to have a, a wow moment with another phone? Or ha- have Apple just done that now? It's, it's out there. We have created the phone until such time as they can implant it in our nose. It's never going to happen. Do you know what? I'm just back from uh, Mobile World Congress in Barcelona and I was at CES in Las Vegas earlier this year. And so, uh, just such a globetrotter. It's, it's well, no, I just there's no to need to show that. off. Really. I have actually no point to make. I just wanted to tell you my travel <laughs> itinerary. Uh, no, but I, I've, I've literally been to the places where they show off all these big events. I was at the Samsung S9 launch there a few weeks ago and I kind of sat there going, and... Like, I still wait for that wow moment. As I said, I've I've not experienced that, oh my God, I need to get this right now since the first iPhone. Like, Samsung were listing off all these features and it kind of felt like they were having this big launch for an in-betweeny device. Their S8 is great, but their S10 is going to be better. The S9 feels like an S8.5. But the amount of money they pumped into it, you'd swear that they were going to, you know, literally unveil Reinvent some... the wheel. Yeah, and yeah. they just didn't. And so I have somewhat given up hope that we're going to have another wow moment. I, 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 I'm being honest with you now, I can't remember the last wow moment that I have. DC, are we going to have a wow? Um, I, I, I'm kind of halfway there with Jessica. I, I think we're never, we're like, we're not going to have that moment again. We're not going to have the moment where, you know, the smartphone essentially, you know, reaches its pinnacle. I, I have to say, um, you know, I went through the period of, yeah, as I said, every, I, I bought every single iPhone for the last X years and I upgraded on the day they came but out. But you like the 10 though. The you, 10 is, yeah. is, I mean, it's obvious it's the greatest phone I've ever owned because it's the newest phone I've ever owned. But actually, the it is game-changing for me. Now, I suppose, I you know, I have that luxury of I travel a lot and I kind of I work in the technology industry, so I see what's coming. But, you know, the next big step for the phones is is augmented reality. Um, that's because that's where you're taking the phone is becoming that's where the phone is becoming a device and the screen is just becoming one part of the experience. Now, can I just, uh, again, as the yeah. least intelligent person in the room, what is augmented reality and how is it going to work in my so, telephone? So, I mean, the, the idea now is that, you know, and this is this is across all phones, it's not just going to be, be Apple-specific, but the idea is that now you're basically, you know, instead of just looking, say, the best example today is if you're looking at a photo or if you're about to take a photo of something, now your camera is actually analysing what's in that photo. So the scenarios that are kind of being bambied around is, you know, you're walking down the South Mall, you open your phone, you look out, it's telling you on the screen, you're actually getting visual cues like here are the opening hours of the various uh, businesses on the Mall. Oh, this is the Imperial Hotel on the Mall. If you literally tap the button now, we can book you your room for the night. You know, the Savills app is telling you which of the buildings on the map here is, is, you know, open for rent. It's basically going to it's going to take the screen out of the smartphone experience. Sure. Yeah, I suppose I I never say never because I think uh, in all my years involved with Apple, each time something new comes out, I'm I'm surprised at what they've done and the next step and what's involved in it. So I'm always cautious to say that nothing is ever going to supersede that again because you just don't know what Apple are working on, you know, and what they're going to do next. It's It's really hard to know. But I certainly think... Obviously, we all know everything's getting smaller and smaller and thinner and faster. And 
you know, is the next step to move it to your hand to the watch? Is it going to go over eventually completely to your hand to the watch? That's that's in my mind where I personally would like to see it go. Maybe a, a longer, larger screen of a watch style, a watch style phone. But I don't know any more than anybody on, here sitting <laughs> at the room knows. We'll you find know? out. Well, there'll be another announcement. When, when Jess? When did they come out and tell it's us something? September, isn't September, it? September, yeah. So we'll find launches. out if Jura's dream of a longer watch will come through <laughs> at that point. And you know what? That's actually a good idea. Let's have a chat about the watch in a future podcast. Uh, let's say thank you to the At The Core panel today. Jess Kelly, who's News Talk's tech correspondent, DC Cahillan uh, from Republic of Work in Cork and Germany from CompBB. Thank you all very much thank for you. joining us. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks to you for listening. At the Core is brought to you by CompuB for all things Apple in Ireland and the United Kingdom. We'll catch you on the next one.